Can you count, suckers? I say the future is ours! If you can count, can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? What's up, pals? Welcome to episode 72 of the Serpentor Pals podcast. I'm your host for today, Chris Sampson. And I'm Stan Gadurski. What's up, Stan? How's it going? It's good. Uh, I pre-ordered the Dragon Ball Xenoverse 2 Collector's Edition, which went live earlier this week. And I never I never pre-order shit like that, but as soon as I saw it, I was like, I, I need to do this. I think this is the first time North America's gotten like a collector's edition of a Dragon Ball game. Because I don't remember ever the that, that wait that can't be right. Like really? I've never seen one that came with like a boss ass statue or anything like that. This to me seems like it's the first time. I've never seen that before. And I like get practically every Dragon Ball game that comes out. You know that baffles me. There's like there's like deluxe editions sometimes. There's like day one editions, but there's never been like a premium priced collector's edition of a Dragon Ball game here. I know there's been in the UK, but this is the first time I think here there's been one. Well, you know what? The North America sucks. North America's been failing so hard. <laughs> we have a lot of problems here, right? Anyway, this statue is beautiful. It's Goku. He's Super Saiyan. He's got his clothes torn off. He's ripped. He's Does ripped. he light up? Does He's he glow in the dark? In my dreams. <laughs> He's quite ripped. And it, all, it also comes with a, with a cool hardcover art book called The Time Patroller's Guide. It comes with a soundtrack. With those Steve Aoki dope-ass remixes of Chala yeah, Head Chala. That's shit. right. And, that's right. Oh, my God. And a steel bookcase. And it just, it was gorgeous. And you get the, you get that discount on Amazon Prime. So I was like, I'm all in. That's it. Pre-order that shit. I have that pre-order. I have Persona 5 Collector's Edition pre-order. That's it. So you're, you're going all in this year or, or next year. Listen, Wait. If, if Xenoverse 2 is even... The same amount of quality as Xenoverse 1, it's worth it. Because I love Xenoverse 1. And I, I know for a fact that this game is going to improve on it. So I found it justifiable. Especially with that boss-ass Goku statue. That shit's going to look good on my shelf, man. Oof. Mm. And I love art books. And if this art book's got like that Toriyama-style shit in there, like that's it. It's, a wrap. it's game over. Uh, did you watch some of the gameplay that IGN and other sites have had posted i've only seen like the trailer stuff with like turles and gohan fighting and shit like that I, mm-hmm. I haven't seen any extended gameplay or anything okay yo the gameplay looks so smooth like mm. yeah smooth smooth as smooth as butter oh my god looks so good i'm so excited i haven't been keeping up with some of the news but i really hope they incorporate more dragon ball super stuff especially with like black goku oh, so speaking, and other speaking of black goku is a pre-order bonus are you serious? Yeah, no so, way. So wait, wait, can... wait, wait. Wait, just in general or with the collector's edition? I think just in general. Like, Holy shit. Yeah, that's awesome. They're definitely incorporating more super stuff into Xenoverse 2, and Black Goku is going to factor into it at some point. There's also uh, a season pass that they've already announced, which is going to be like 30 bucks or 25 or something, and has three DLC packs, which is exactly what Xenoverse 1 had, and, and that was mostly GT stuff. 
but I still liked it. I, I paid for it. I enjoyed the the bonus content. So I have a feeling that the the DLC this time around is going to be straight up super shit. You know, like stuff that they haven't gotten to yet. So I'm excited for that. Future Trunks is also another pre order bonus, I think, and I think that's the super version with the bandana and shit. So mm-hmm. can't wait for that game. The only DLC I want, well, besides Black Goku for, from Super, is a side quest when you're Vegeta and it's emulating like episode two or three of Super, where you take Bulma and Trunks to the amusement park and, you know, just have a family fun day. That's what I want. That's my DLC. I still haven't seen Super. I gotta get around to that. I'm, I'm like holding off. I don't know. I, I'm totally guilty of that too. I've only seen maybe like the first four or five episodes. And it's it's into like almost episode fifty by now. It's all that like future trunks and and Goku Black shit that I really want to start watching it because up until recently it's just been rehashes of the movies, right? Yeah, it's it's like slice of life stuff. Goku and Vegeta training under Beerus and uh, the other guy, uh, the silver haired blue Please. guy. Yes, that's right. I I mean I don't know. It's a fifty something episodes. A lot to catch up on. Don't get me wrong. I love I love Dragon Ball. Anything, uh, but I want I just want to just hop right into the good stuff. So I might just hop right into Black Goku or Trunks, or I might just cave and just rewatch everything. I don't know yet. I don't um, give a fuck. I'm gonna start watching it. I tried I actually tried to start watching Dragon Ball Z like from the Trunks saga on, but I got caught up with Garlic Junior, which is like just a trash, <laughs> just a trash saga. I I saw I saw that that there was like a Facebook rant going on back in the day. When I was a kid, I didn't know any better, but I loved the Garlic Jr. saga just for how ridiculous it is. Like the Spice Boys and just like this this midget Namekian knockoff guy just hulking out and Goku's Goku's nowhere as usual and Gohan and Piccolo have to save the day. And, and there was this weird subplot where Piccolo is faking being possessed and he just beats the crap out of Gohan. Yeah. And I was like, was that really necessary? I don't know. And then there's this, there's a whole part where Kami shows up to like offer Piccolo a job. Piccolo is like, I must respectfully decline. <laughs> he just blows up a mountain. And then there's like every episode has like a five minute scene of Vegeta like having a nervous breakdown in space where he's trying to find Goku and he's like hallucinating. And just it's like the most bizarre <laughs> shit going on. And then Krillin starts dating a gold digger. It's just I remember that. It's like I and everyone's judging her, and Krillin's trying to defend her and stuff. Yeah, I I gave up, and I just started watching the a bridge series from Team Four Star. And oh, that's, that's so good. That's good enough for me. I think that's that's well done enough that I can just not even bother with Z right now. Team Four Star should be canon. Yeah, they should. They Team Four Star should be implemented into Super somehow. I don't know. Have they done a Dragon Ball C or Dragon Ball Super a bridge series yet? Because no, I, I would love that. I don't even think they're up to Boo Saga yet, I think. Oh, okay. I think they're still wrapping up Cell at this point. But I don't know. It just – not to get too sidetracked, but they're, all their shit that they do is really high quality. And, like, the jokes are usually spot on and, and the voice acting is really good. And it just – it honestly takes the place of even Kai for me for something that I'd rather watch if I'm going to rewatch Z at all. Because it's just, like – it takes into account the fact that you know the story already and so they – have fun with it but they also stick to what the general plot is so it's not completely random all the jokes are on point and contained within the plot of the story so it's br- it's brilliant writing brilliant voice casting they even pull in actual voice actors from the english dub to help out too hmm. I'm, I'm like 90 percent sure like sean schimmel or chris sabat has done voices for them 
Nice. And then, of course, the, the other shows are great too, like Helsing Abridged. Oh, so good. All right, that was that was your Dragon Ball minute. <laughs> Dude, like every time we do an episode, I'm totally convinced we we need to do a Dragon Ball podcast. It has to happen. Yeah, I can't think of anything else where I could just have like a fountain of useless knowledge to just bullshit about for 20 minutes. There's this one show I started subscribing to recently. It's called Krilling It. Yeah, Krilling It with like so-and-so and so-and-so, uh, which is a pretty clever title. But I think we can do better and we can become the number one Dragon Ball Z podcast on the web. I think we can do it. I'm sure we could. All right, so newsflash. Newsflash. So we got a lot of exciting news this week. Right off the tail end on Monday, so right after 4th of July weekend. Uh, last weekend was Anime Expo in California. And our main man, Gany Tartakovsky, creator of Samurai Jack, he released a eight-minute feature episode where they're doing a behind-the-scenes commentary and insights into Season 5 of Samurai Jack, which is supposed to come out later this year. So holy shit. This is, I mean, this was first announced in December, but I think this is probably the, one of the most substantial updates we had since then. I still can't believe that it's been 12 years since the last episode aired. Uh, it was season four, episode 52. The last episode was Samurai Jack taking care of this little kid, trying to return it to its mother. And then after fighting his way back to his mother, the kid attains the sam- samurai fighting spirit. So there, one of the things they were saying that you don't have to watch the entire series or you have you don't have to rewatch the so-called finale to watch the new season of Samurai Jack. It takes place several years later. Jack is a lot older. They confirmed that Jack has a like a grizzly beard. So it reminds nice. me of uh, that one episode. Remember the episode where Jack is fighting the Guardian and he gets t- beaten the fuck out and then they show a vision of him in the future and it's Jack with this red cloak and like the Spartan crown and like this super long beard. Yeah, King King Jack. That was the last issue of the Samurai Jack comic that I was following a couple years ago. And the whole last issue was from the far future where he was just leading this army of people who were against the coup and he had like that beard and the crown and it was like the best issue of the whole the whole run. So I hope this is the case. I hope this is him becoming the the king. <laughs> the king the return of the king um it's also interesting because some of the I, I think they teased it online somewhere and then also in the video if you like pause it and you zoom in on some of the art it has jack in like this super dope ass shogun warrior samurai daimyo warlord armor like sort of like his father and like the pilot except it has like a lot crazier horns going on in the helmet so I'm really interested about that costume. I don't know if that's going to be his permanent costume or just like some alternate variant DLC in the fr- in the first episode. I don't know. But I really hope the entire season he's like he's King Jack because that costume design is so dope. Yeah. Phil Lamar's returning as Samurai Jack. It's going to be more intense, moody, and a, a more grisly tone, especially because this is going to be premiering on Adult Swim as opposed to Cartoon Network. Action's going to be more badass and bloody. Uh, there was this one promo pic where it's raining and Jack is straight up covered in blood. Because the original series, you know, they could get away with a lot of the violence because most of the enemies were robots or cyborgs. And he gets, he gets splashed with oil. But now he's straight up killing people and killing fools. I, I love it. As for Aku, sadly, Mako, he died several years ago. But 
they're not gonna try to revamp his voice. So they they, they got someone to imitate uh, uh, original Aku's voice close enough. Um, but they uh, they acknowledge that no one can top Mako. But that, that's, that still gets me every time. All in all, super excited. I it only took Gendy twelve years to do this. <laughs> they're in the beginning of the video. They were saying how. After season four, he got really burnt out, and I guess he wanted to move on to some other projects, and everyone else was doing their own thing, but the band's back together. I'm really excited. Yeah, me too. I I think the best thing they can do right now is just abandon the whole concept of trying to go back in time, Mm -hmm. and I think Jack should just come to terms with the fact that he's never getting back there, Mm -hmm. and that was kind of the center plot line of the last issue of the Jack series that I was following, where he... He since come to terms with the fact that he's never going to be able to go back there, and he just focuses on the present and fighting for the future. And I think that would be a good thing to do because it would get it away from the um, the formulaic like new plot every every few episodes of him trying to get back. You know, well, they did address that that the final season was it's supposed to be more serialized. I mean, the original series there, I I kind of liken it to how Cowboy Bebop was structured, where each story was an individual vignette, but there was, like, a larger arc overall. But it seems like with this se- final season, there, it's, like, it's a, a a clear narr- narrative arc over how many episodes... I'm not, I forget how many episodes season five is supposed to be. I hope it's... I hope it's, like, 26. Uh, like, a, a good, solid final season. But I'll take anything I get. It's good. I'm glad. One more thing about Gendy. This also was announced sometime this week. Apparently, also taking a decade to finish up, he was working on this Luke Cage comic just called Cage, all in caps with an exclamation point. And it, it was his homage to the classic 70s and 80s over-the-top action roots of Luke Cage or Power Man. Uh, so that's going to come out in October. It's going to be a four-issue miniseries. And I'm ridiculously excited for it because they teased, they teased the cover for it. And... It's in that classic Gendy style. It's like super thick lines and a little bit cartoony, but it looks so badass. And have, did you see the com or the, the cover for this? Yeah, I saw. It looks good. Super excited for that. Yeah, you know, else is coming out this fall. Um, Infamous Iron Man. Oh shit! Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's on our notes. I know. I you were they you were sharing it on the group earlier this week. Read my mind. That cover. That cover, my god, looks so good. So take it away, Stan. This is all you. So we don't know what happens at the end of Civil War Two yet because it hasn't gone to that point. But apparently, something is going to happen to Iron Man because they've already announced that this woman named Riri Williams is going to take over the Iron Man mantle. But she's not the only one. It turns out because now Victor Von Doom, motherfucking Doctor Doom, is going to take up the mantle too and become infamous iron man and try to do what tony did but better this time this is like the reign of superman but with iron man yeah i'm totally for it this is exactly what i want like i'm a little bummed that it has iron man on the cover and not doom but the fact that it is doom and he has his own ongoing again is just so exciting because he's he's one of my favorite villains and the idea of him potentially trying to do the heroic thing kind of like dr octopus and spider-man's body Mm-hmm. The idea of that is just super fascinating to me. The same thing's happening over at DC where Lex is, is trying to become the new Superman. And that shit's just like so fascinating. And I just, I, I think that's, it makes for great storytelling. And I, 
And this is the first time Doctor Doom's had an ongoing since Doom 2099. So I'm I'm all how, in. How long ago was how long ago was that? Nineties. Nineties? Are you serious? Whenever, that long? Whenever they launched that 2099 line, where they had Spider Man and Punisher and Doom and stuff. Yeah. So Man. it's been a while. And I think before that, there wasn't even any. There was never like a Doom anything except that miniseries with Doctor Strange. But I'm I'm way excited for this shit. Like I want to see. I'm I'm all in from issue one to to wherever this goes. It's Doctor Doom. I this is the same reaction I would have if Lex Luthor had his own ongoing. But just take my money. I'm I'm sold. I don't need to hear anything else. Doctor Doom <laughs> ongoing. All right, sold. Sold. Here's my money. Can't wait. Wait, what happened? Wait, what happened to War Machine, Rhodey? Is he gonna take up um, Iron Man's mantle, or is he still gonna be War Machine? Uh, spoiler. Pa- pause this if you haven't read Civil War. Um, he's dead, dude. Oh no, <laughs> he died, he died like months ago. Oh man. no, he's dead. Wait, who, who who killed him? Fucking Thanos. Oh Thanos. Thanos man. killed him real hard. That's that's the whole reason why Civil War two happened is that um Captain Marvel and her crew had. It, Use the powers of the Inhuman that can see the future, and they tried to stop Thanos invading the Earth before he he before he even knew he was going to do it. So Thanos just showed up on Earth, and they immediately went there, and it was like this huge. When that caused like some grandfather paradox, where like their actions actually caused him to invade Earth. No, anyway. it's just like it's some <laughs> Minority Report shit where they're trying to stop okay. crimes before it happens, and by doing that. I think uh, Rhodey got killed, and I think She-Hulk got paralyzed. I'm not sure what uh. happened to She-Hulk because I'm not following the series. But yeah, and Tony was like, "This, this is too dangerous. We can't, we can't predict the future." And Captain Marvel was like, "Fuck, fuck you. We're gonna do it anyway." And and that's Civil War too. And so maybe Tony's gonna join Rhodey in heaven, <laughs> <laughs> in comic book heaven over here. And maybe it's Tony using. Techno sorcery to to grab Rhodey from heaven, sort of like I don't know, like some Constantine thing where Constantine goes to hell to to or Swap thing goes to hell to save his love or something like that. I don't know. Comics, it could happen. Yeah. I, I, but like he, Captain Marvel's got her is gonna be in her own comic again once Marvel now launches, so she's fine. So you know, evidently. Based on what I'm seeing here, it looks like Captain Marvel side one, which is a great way to to. Have this shit go down before Civil War is even over. Just announce all this shit, and like, who care? Who cares about Civil War? Yeah. At this point, so so you didn't like Civil War two, or you thought it was mad? I, or... co- I didn't. I wasn't into it before this shit even started going to print. You know, like I thought it was. Uh, we talked about it on the show. I thought this was a cash in. You know, of the Civil War movie, and I don't. I don't really care at all, and I'm not following it, and I have almost no interest in it. I. I have interest in the individual characters who are participating in it, like all Doom. new, all new Wolverine, yeah, Doom, etc. But I'd, I'd rather tune in to see what the fallout is with Marvel now because there's going to be a lot of shakeups. I think like Kamala Khan and Miles and and Nova are like quitting Avengers or something, and Cyclops is quitting, quitting the X Men, and and there's all all this shit's going to happen in the wake of Civil War. So I'm interested to see where it goes post this event but i don't really care for the event itself and yeah civil war 2 on my radar is like largely mad i was more interested like individual spin-offs of marvel now so so like infamous doctor or infamous iron man sounds amazing um another title they announced recently was unworthy thor so it's thor odinson yeah he, he's gonna get his own ongoing and then 
uh, and that, Jane Foster Thor is going to still have her ongoing as well, so that's going to be un- interesting. Unworthy Thor, Th- Odinson, he finds the ultimate Thor's hammer, and that's the that's where the series starts because at the en- at the end of Thor's from Secret Wars, I don't know if you remember, but the last issue has Ultimate Thor throwing his hammer away, and apparently our Thor is going to pick it up, and so that's that's where that series begins. So it's that's going to be interesting. Okay, cool. There's a lot to look forward to this fall for comics, but there's something you can enjoy right now. Uh, this past Tuesday, the Warriors, uh, they, it got his PS2 or PS4 port. I need to jump on this because I actually, like, I know we talked about this before and there's absolutely no excuse. I actually never played the PS2 game or PS2 Warriors game. So now I'm really excited that it's on the PS4. It was released by Rockstar uh, earlier this week alongside um, an Xbox One backwards compatible release of Red Dead Redemption. So Rockstar is really on point uh, right now. So with the Warriors, uh, it comes with 1080p visuals, trophy support, share play, remote play, activity feeds, and some stuff you can access via the Vita or the PlayStation app. And I know, Stan, you are a major fan of this game. Uh, for me, I just, I love the Warriors movie so so much, which is also really baffling. I never got around to play this game. I, it was completely off my radar. But now I have no excuse because it's on the PS4 right now. I I fucking I played this game before I even knew what the Warriors was as a movie. Like I I was I always only made aware of the Warriors as a movie because of this game, and I only picked up the game because I was a huge fan of Rockstar at the time with like Grand Theft Auto and shit, and. That this game is just awesome because it's as this it's New York in the seventies and you have all the gangs and I just have really good memories of playing the multiplayer portions where you, where they have like King of the Hill and the whole thing is you're fighting people in a junkyard and you throw them off the hill on the junkyard and <laughs> and there's like this weird level where there's a blackout in New York and you run around unscrewing radios to sell or some shit and you're just like, oh, really? you're running up to cars and doing a little mini game where you unscrew the 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 radio with the analog sticks or some shit and I just really like the game a lot and I had no I-, I have no idea what the hell the plot was for the warriors and I didn't, but have you seen it since then? Yeah, I've seen it since okay. then. So I know okay. I know what's going on now, and that's why I want to go back and play the Warriors because at the time I had no idea what the movie was about, and the game is largely a prequel, so it tells the events leading up to what happens to the movie. So I it was setting up things that I kind of had no idea what the fuck was going on. So it's kind of like watching Star Wars Episode One without having seen four, five, and six. You're just like, what? what is what is happening? I don't know who any of these people are, but this game is a lot of fun, and I get to throw people in the train tracks. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think you'll like it a lot, especially if you liked, the, if you were a big fan of the movie, because... Oh, snap. Like, I I loved the movie for a long time. It's just, it's just so, it's so cheesy, but so epic, and like, it's just like this dystopian new york city and it's ruled by gangs and the gangs are all outlandishly clownish and amazing so you have like the baseball furies yeah like, all, all like all in makeup and uh the other gang where they're all trying to be super badass on rollerblades or roller sk- they're not even rollerblades they're roller skates and yeah. it's, it's so funny uh i've watched it so many times unfortunately i i couldn't make it when they were when they were doing it a couple years ago but I'm really big into longboarding, and there's a. I have two longboards, and they're from this company called Bustin' Boards. They're this indie longboard company uh, based out of New York City. Uh, they're now named the Longboard Loft, 
but they used to hold a yearly Warriors themed race. So they would skate from the same locations in the movie. So like whatever, I forget what was the starting point, but they had to skate all the way to Coney Island. And they encourage you to dress up in gang colors, like right from the movie or create your own gang. Uh, so that was really awesome. And I think it was sometime, I think it was earlier this year, the original cast the, of the Warriors, well, most of them, they had a reunion in Coney Island. So they had a special event where the original actors, you know, they all got together. They did a, like a, like a screening and... Uh, fan signings and it was it was a really cool event they, they, they posted a video on that so i'll put that in the show notes so the video game is just one more notch to put down on my warriors fandom i'm really excited i'm also excited because when rockstar released the ps4 edition um, they also announced the same day that a new warriors tv project uh, was going to be released for hulu and the rooster brothers uh the guys who made Captain America Civil War. They're going to be heading up the project, which I am so excited about. I'm not sure if it's going to be like a, a miniseries, so maybe like a seven or eight episode or like a full one, maybe like th- a full 13 or 14. But the Rooster Brothers, they can't do wrong, and they're going to do the Warriors. So I'm all in. Yeah, I can't wait to watch that show. I, I think it's going to be awesome, for sure. Do you think it's still it's going to keep... Like the original, the original spirit of the camp of the original movie, like, or is it going to be updated to a modern area, a little bit more darker and grittier? I want this to be like the Mad Max Fury Road of the Warriors, where it's uh, like you yes. you can't really tell for sure if it's connected to the re- the original movie, but you don't give a fuck because it's just awesome. Um. Yes. Amen to that. You know what? Rooster Brothers, you should get George Miller to help you with your project. He could he could retrofit the train to be like full of spikes and and plated armor and oh I love it. Please do it. That'd be so good. Yeah, I think that's it for news. So unless you want to add anything, no, that's all. Cool. All right, so let's go to our first topic. So I've been watching so much anime recently. This is no surprise, especially because of the the summer anime season already already starting. So so, mar- so far, my top picks have been Berserk, the second season of Food Wars. There's this other really awesome mafia anime that came out called 91. But last week, my friend Will, he introduced me to the series. It's called Terraformers. Uh, have you heard of this? Uh, no. Is it? Is it? Are there robots that, that are more than meets the eye? No, no, no. Um, it's... I want to say it's like a, it's a mix of... Animorphs meets Starship okay. Troopers. That's what I was going to say, because I, I just Google image searched this, and I'm like, is this Animorphs the anime? Because More or less, yeah. I love this. So, my friend Will, he told me about this series, because um, we were talking about anime that was really over top and bloody, so we named off, like, Berserk is really bloody, Helsing, Elf and Lead, but this Dance. is a surprise... That's right, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Blood, Blood Sea... But Terraformers is definitely one of the more gritty and bloody, gory animes I've seen. It's a sci-fi anime. It's a lot like Animorphs because it involves humans who are spliced with the abilities and appearances of animals. Um, so the basic premise is in the 21st century, Earth is being ravished by, uh, I guess, like overpopulation and economic and 
environmental issues. So they're trying to colonize Mars, but Mars is not habitable yet. So they sent um, algae and cockroaches to Mars to terraform it so it's hab- habitable. So they wanted to use the algae to create a oxygen-friendly environment. And they sent cockroaches to the planet to serve as food for the algae over time. It's the 27th century. So in the year 2577, the first manned ship to Mars lands on the planet. And there are six crew members. And... They all die. Um, they all get like they lose they lose contact with the ship, and what happened is they find the planet after like five hundred years. It's populated with the terraformers, and the cockroaches are now bipedal, super muscular humanoid uh, beings, and they're highly intelligent, and they're just killing the fuck out of humans. What happened is there's an alien virus that comes from Mars somehow. It's there's no cure. There's a, it's a hundred percent fatality rate. So they send a second team back to Mars. So they they have to eradicate the 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 cockroach problem. Plus they have to find a cure for humanity. And it's super insane because the cockroaches are highly intelligent. They're brutal. They they can use human weaponry. They can pilot our ships, and they don't they don't just, they don't give a fuck. The, their only defense against the, the roaches is that they go they undergo this crazy surgery process where they splice their DNA or their genes with animals. So now they have crazy animal-based powers. So a lot of them, they take on bug-based powers. So like grasshoppers or mantises or moths. And then some other people take on properties of like electric eels so they can shoot lightning bolts or, um, or birds so they could grow wings or king crab so they have super dense armor and have like like pincer like strength it's over the top bloody i love it you should go watch it it looks frightening it, i'm gonna be honest <laughs> yo it's it is messed it's it, it takes on like game of thrones attack on titan levels of surprise because it, it has this ability to like make you like feel really hyped up and hopeful for the characters and then it takes it all away um, because they, like, there's these characters which show themselves to be like super strong, super capable. And then the next second later, like, a, a, a terraformer uses super speed and rips off the head like it was nothing. This happens a lot where like these characters that you get attached to and you want to, you want to root for them, they get killed off instantly. And it's just so frightening because like, like the people, there's bodies exploding, people, people's heads are getting ripped off and, there's a lot of body horror in this anime, so I love it. It's just sci-fi, body horror, creepy, animorphs. I love animorphs. That was like one of my favorite book series when I was a kid. And and Starship Troopers, I love that movie. So it has a lot of that same kind of camp. Uh, it's it's pretty terrifying. It's pretty grisly. And right now there's two seasons. You can find it on Crunchyroll. When I, from what I heard from Will, when it first came out on Crunchyroll, like... 80% of the time, you couldn't really watch it or enjoy it because there was so much blood and Crunchyroll censors out all the blood in action. So like 90% of the time, you just see black spots. That's, that's usually how Crunchyroll would censor stuff. But Wait, now they released a uncensored version. So, so Crunchyroll just straight up censors shit like that on their anime? Like, is that is that standard? For some, yeah. So I. But you're paying for the service. Why would it be, why would it be censored? 
I that that baffles me. Which uh, I was talking with Will about this. Like you're you're paying like like seven dollars a month, eight eight dollars a month. You should have the content unedited, unchanged, as it's supposed to be seen. So I guess they got enough complaints, at least for Terraformers, to release the uncensored version. But mm. I recall watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I think it was like the second season. It was like the first or second season. But it was really weird. There was there. It was one of the main characters. He was smoking, and his face is blotted out. And I realized, like, oh, they Crunchyroll censored that out. And I, it's I don't see what's the big deal of. Showing a person or showing a pit character smoking on screen, um, so there that was that. And with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, there isn't an uncensored version, so I guess you would have to find some other anime streaming site. Uh, obviously, for some of the more risque anime, so like uh, like High School of the Dead, you know that is very fan servicey. I'm, I'm I'm I don't know if there's nudity, but I'm, there's a lot of like fan service, so I'm I'm sure there's some censorship on that. But yeah, it really bothers me. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to go on a tangent, but Crunchyroll, you shouldn't censor. St- if people are paying for the premium edition, don't, or or at least provide unrated versions of it. So, yeah. I don't know. But Terraformers, that's my latest latest obsession. Uh, I'm on episode nine at the moment, so that's season one, and then there's a second season I have to still catch up on. Cool. Sounds terrifying. It is. It's it's pretty great. Uh, I love it. All right, so let's go into comic book pools for this week. So here's my list. So new Superman number one's coming out. Um, so we finally, after all this time, we, we talked about this numerous times uh, on the podcast, but there's a new Superman in town, and he's from Beijing, China. And um, I'm really excited to, to see what this is all about. I, I don't know if... Superman's powers somehow transferred into the it transferred into his um the new Superman who's Kenji Kong or I'm sorry no that's that's his original name he was changed to Kinan Kong but here's a synopsis an impulsive act of heroism thrusts an arrogant young man into the limelight of Shanghai as China begins to form its own Justice League of powerful heroes rising from the ashes of the final days of Superman award winning writer Jean Luen Yang. And on the rise, art star Victor Bogno- Bognovich introduced readers to Kong Kinen, the new Superman. When the world needed a new hero, China made him. So that makes me curious with that with that tagline. I don't know if China genetically altered this Kong guy to become a Superman character. Or, I don't know. I'm excited. It's a number one. And it's a new f- spin on the Superman. Um, are you interested in this title? I'm interested, but I'm already following so many Superman books at this point that I think I don't know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, I, I'll fill I'm in the details. Yeah, I'm interested to see what you think of it, and I am interested in the in the sense that it, it's it's part of the Superman family, and I like the idea of the the Chinese Justice League and and what the superhero community looks like in some place that's not America. And so in though in that sense that I, I'm really interested in, in hearing about that, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what you think of okay. it. Who else do you think will be in the in the Chinese Justice League? Like I wanna they, see a Chinese Batman so badly. They have they showed a few of them during the Last Days of Superman miniseries that was well not miniseries, but like crossover that was leading up to Clark's death and 
I don't remember them specifically, but they were all they, they all had pretty cool gimmicks. I just I wish I had the comic on me, but I I have a good sense that they're going to be part of this series because they're 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 already established heroes in China that they that they showed in the issue. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at it and probably show it to you next week or something. Okay, but, I'm excited. Yeah. Cool. So this one's more for Andy, who's not here with now. Uh, he's not here right now. He's in Philadelphia enjoying a concert. So have fun, Andy. But this one's for you. Nightwing Rebirth number one comes out. Um, so I haven't read a lot of Dick Grayson Nightwing stuff, but Andy loves it. And I also put this in because Babs Tar is doing a variant cover. So I know you're gonna pick that one up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, are you interested in Nightwing or this or uh, not? Yeah. Not to the extent that Andy is. Um... I like him when he's. I liked him when he was Batman. That's when. That's when I my fandom for Dick Grayson peaked. I would say it was when he took up the mantle um, as a as his own hero. He's. I don't know. I I think he's cool, but he's not my. He's not my favorite Bat Family member. That's obviously Batgirl. I think I, he's cool enough, you know. But it just. I don't. Know, I don't, uh, don't, don't want to be like a Dick, Dick Grayson apologist, <laughs> no, you know. Like I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not a huge fan of Dick Grayson. Like Andy is. It's, I can't it's really... because he's Drake. It's because he's Drake. Yeah. And once you go Drake, you can't go back. I'm a little, I, like I said probably last year. I was a little tiff that he's always, you know, giving Barbara the cold shoulder until he like needs a little little something from her, and then he just shows up, and I'm like, that's that's kind of fucked up. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Bat Family stuff, what? Bat titles you're looking forward to? Because I know uh, All Star Batman is coming out sometime soon. I read Batman number one and I thought that was pretty cool, and I like the idea of these heroes that are trying to clean up Gotham. But I'm not really following the series past issue one. Um, I might check out All Star Batman, but besides Batgirl, the other Bat Family book that I'm most looking forward to is Super Sons, which is going to be like Damian and Jonathan. That's the one that I'm looking forward to, and I can't I'm wait so for that. stoked for that. Yeah, uh, um, I did read Detective Comics, and it's pretty interesting. Uh, for for a professor, basically, it was Batwoman and bats, and they're going around recruiting people. They're trying something new, so they're basically creating a Batman boot camp. Clayface is part of that. Spoiler. Like Red Robin, and there's someone else I forget, but basically they're they're gonna be put they're gonna be put through the meat grinder because something's coming, and Batman, being Batman, has to prepare for anything and everything. And uh, let's see, Wacky Raceland number two. So no, like no explanation needed. Is Wacky Racers in like a Mad Max style uh, environment? I'm done. I'm sold. And the last one on my list, it's a number one um, from Image. It's called Horizon, and it's really interesting. So this story premise uh, it involves a female protagonist named Zia Malin, and she's a soldier, and she thought she finished up her last war, is about to hang up her boots, but then her planet was targeted by or for invasion and occupation from no, none other than our Earth. So the the point of view is from the alien's point of view. And I'm really, really excited for this book because the two art, two really, really awesome artists are working on it. So you have Juan Gideon from Ghost Racers, who we all met during New York Comic Con. And I got I got his 
signature on the Ghost Racers comics. He's he's doing the art as well as Frank Martin, uh, who did East of West, which is another fantastic uh, image comics book, which everyone should read. And yeah, so it's basically an invasion story, but from the alien perspective where they are the ones being invaded. So I'm really that's that's huh. I haven't read anything or heard anything like that. So it's good to see something fresh on that take. How about you? Any titles that are on your list? Um, the only thing is, is this coming week that's really catching my attention besides um, New Superman is probably Action Comics. And that's about it. Um, Action Comics 959 is coming out and it's continuing the all-out brawl that um, Clark, Lex, and Doomsday are having in Metropolis right now. And it's is pretty fucking crazy shit going on in action comics, and I, I love that Lex Luthor is playing a huge role alongside Superman, and I like that they're being forced to team up to to face a, a larger threat, which is Doomsday. And like Superman doesn't trust Lex at all, but he has to put aside his his problems with him in order for them to save as many people as possible. And, and it's just really cool seeing that dynamic. So I'm so excited for action comics coming out because it's it's just it's one of my favorite rebirth books and it's just because it's it's been all action as you know the titular action happening in action comics for the past two issues now but it's it also tells an effective story while the action's going on and it's just it's just been non-stop and I, I can't wait to see where they go with lex and superman and nice good stuff um, speaking speaking of fucking Lex Luthor, you know he's not in Justice League anymore, which which is really Re- annoying. Really? Yeah. Why? Um, Why? That's so weird. I picked up Justice League one last week, and I and I read it, and it's not. I don't. I don't like it because Lex is not there. That's. Um, I mean, they DC built up so much plot and capital to make a big deal of Lex Luthor taking over Superman's mantle. So why is he not in Justice League? That's. It seems really backwards to me. Yeah, Lex being part of the Justice League is is really what kept me buying Justice League issues a week, uh, month after month, and I think made it really interesting to read because it was it was a cool team dynamic that I hadn't seen before with them trying to work with Lex and Lex trying to turn over a new leaf. And Justice League fifty two ends with Le- uh, Lex Luthor um, deciding to take up the mantle of Superman for Metropolis. This is before um, the Action Comics relaunch, where Superman basically does come back, but the pre-52 Superman. So in this in this point, Lex doesn't know who this pre-52 Superman is, so he decides to become the new Superman. But they don't go into the fact um, of why he's not part of the Justice League anymore. It's like never explicitly stated whether or not he officially leaves or he gets kicked out. And he, when the rest of the league comes back to Earth after the the Dark Side War, Lex remains an apocalypse. But then he comes back in time for Justice League Fifty Two in order to basically take up the mantle of Superman. And there's sort of like a rift there between the rest of the league and Lex. And then Justice League One happens, and there's like no mention of Lex Luthor at all. And Fifty Two ends with like what, like um, stay tuned for the rest of Lex's story in Action Comics. So I think he just decided maybe that he had enough of them and he wanted to just focus on being the Superman of Metropolis or something because it goes into his sort of mindset. Justice League Fifty Two is a great issue because it's just Lex and it's him sort of 
we're inside of his brain a little bit. We get to see why he decides to be this heroic figure now because his um his sister's like in the hospital. She's in critical condition, and he he knows that she would want him to not be such an asshole. <laughs> and he he's like um he mentions that he had he was the god of apocalypse, and he could have just as easily taken over the planet because everyone was like bowing down to him, and he could have been a conqueror. And he decides to come back to Metropolis and to be a hero. And I think that's really really fucking cool that he decides to do this. And I like to see his like redemption and his his sister is kind of acting as his Uncle Ben moment where he decides that he wants to try to be something more than just this greedy, selfish person. Wait, does his sister get like horribly killed? S- something happened on, on Apocalypse or some shit and she's like in critical condition and she's in a co- she's in a coma or something and lex decides to become a hero i think or just to stay a hero to stay on his path rather than to go and do what his instincts were telling him and that is to like take over apocalypse so he becomes sort of like a hero figure and it's cool because this issue is basically lex in his own mind and by himself so there's no reason to think that he wouldn't be sincere in saying this shit so it's interesting to me when you go over to action comics and it's it's very much from Clark's perspective and he doesn't trust Lex at all. And it kind of makes the reader second guess Lex also. But then you, if you read Justice League 52, it's like, how could he, why would he be lying to the reader? Cause the reader is the only person who's privy to his thoughts in this issue. It's just really interesting overall because it's giving such a extra dimension to Lex's character. It's making him a more realized person than just this villain who has a lot of money that he's usually shown as so and it's the same thing with superior spider-man and why i like that series so much it's i just like the idea of the villain trying to do something good you know and and to reform and and watching lex sort of reform and be the superman character is really interesting to me and but his methods are still kind of like shady yeah down and dirty (laughs) like he's kind of like the punisher and that he'll he just straight up in the end of issue 52 of justice league there's like a sort of a hostage situation where one where one of these criminals takes this old lady hostage and he's got a gun to her head. He's like, step back or I'll kill her. And, and Lex is like, go ahead and pull the trigger, but I'll make the rest of your life so miserable that you'll want to die. And he basically says like, oh, I, no. will, I will snap your neck right now and you'll be paralyzed from the waist down or from the neck down. And who will care about you? Who's going to change your colonoscopy bag? Who's going to, who's going to care (laughs) about your decrepit body before you die? And the, and the criminal just puts down his gun and leaves. (laughs) Cause he can't take out like this dark ass shit coming out of Lex's mouth right now. So I, I like that. He's like this Superman with like an edge right now. He's, he's pretty much the Punisher with a cape more or less. And Hey, whatever works, right? and, (laughs) And the daily planet sort of, gets superman's new 52 superman's cape after he dies and lex decides that he wants to take up the mantle of superman and they're kind of like well we have to keep this cape here because he was also clark kent and we're like honoring his memory and he was like uh a family family to us at the daily planet and lex is like all right i'm not gonna steal this cape so he turns around he buys the daily planet (laughs) 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 and he's like well i own everything now so i'm just gonna take the cape anyway and so now he's got superman's cape and he's got like this cool blue and red armor and shit so yeah that's That's pretty legit that's my mini lex uthor tangent for for this week uh it's it's beautiful 
And Please, like, I would, I would love it if that could be adapted to the CW verse. Yeah, and that's why Justice League One didn't click with me at all because it's, it feels very much like they just went back to cookie cutter, like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Flash, Cyborg, and then Aquaman, and then it's just like you know there was. Then they try to make it a little bit interesting by having it be Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz as the Green Lanterns and Superman being pre fifty two Clark. It's just not enough. There's there's not enough conflict They're, there. DC's playing it safe right now, I guess. Justice League feels like a very safe comic, and I know the first issue is meant to set up the status quo, but they take care of the problem that shows up in Justice League one so quickly that it's like, why even fucking bother following these guys? They got it. They got it down packed. Like I don't care. Because they're just going to take care of business. And it's just like, eh. At least with Lex being part of the Justice League, it's like, okay, so they have this inter-drama. And they can't really trust each other, but they're working together anyway. And a lot of that got lost in, in Rebirth. And I guess it's fine if you want, like, a more classic Justice League. But it, it kind of makes it a little more two-dimensional for me. It, it just makes it so uninteresting than what it was before i don't know maybe i'm just biased with lex luthor like he's him and dr doom are my two favorite villains so i don't know i think i think the villain turn hero plot device i think it's infinitely fascinating i think it it shakes things up it creates new problems and conflicts and for status quo and it it creates lots of reactions with og characters so you can create a lot of new interesting stories that way and I guess I know we're going off topic, but we, we Doom Doom is going that way. We had Superior Spider Man with Doc Ock, and now we got uh, Lex Luthor as the new Superman. What other What other bad guys would you like to see have the hero treatment done to them? Uh, I know Mag- Magneto at one time he's became he at first he was straight up a very one dimensional classic villain but over time over the long history of x-men you know he he's become like an anti-hero and he's also been the leader of the x-men and the, a teacher at charles xavier school several times and so he's gotten that treatment on the other side you had cyclops turning to like a more anti-hero villain character yeah. um so that's really interesting but i'm curious to, to see what other he- villains you would like to see become heroes i well or more heroic in 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 terms of um dc the the other hero the other villain that i that was on his way to reforming was captain cold and i think that just got completely swept under the rug with rebirth also because way back when lex first joined the league they did that flash forward that i guess is never coming to fruition now where it Superman and Flash were just out of the picture, and Captain Cold and Lex were basically leading the Justice League. And I thought that was like so fascinating. And and then you see like Legends of Tomorrow and stuff, and you see Captain Cold taking on sort of like an anti-hero position there too. So I, I like to see. I'd like to see more of that. And I hope they don't like completely go back on Captain Cold's sort of redemption, also. But um, I feel like they. They do some DC's doing some cool shit with reforming certain villains and putting them on the path, and then Clayface, for example, yeah, Clayface. But then they completely go backwards on other ones, like the Red Lanterns are all villains again. Where I the entire run of Red Lanterns when Guy took over was them trying to become heroes, and that was like my favorite Lantern book that I was following. And now they're all like villains again. It's like 
like what why you know i mean i guess you need villains but i mean <laughs> i mean you could always create new ones yeah i and yeah. another the other one that i really liked was when they gave sinestro the green lantern ring again and for a while he was part of the green lantern corps again and that was some of the coolest shit i ever saw because he was like he was a villain but now now he's on the green lantern corps again and now it's like he's working with hal again and that shit was really cool and then you have Squirrel Girl, interestingly enough, where she interacts with all these villains, but she doesn't always try to resort to violence as her first like go-to response to a villain. And it always ends up having an interesting um, effect where Craven, the hunter, is now kind of like... <laughs> the Craven. Yeah, he's like friends with Squirrel Girl now, and she's like convinced him to go fight like other villains or like hunt things that aren't like spider-man and shit and like and now yeah now he's got like the craven he like tools around in it and he and he he's like buddies with with squirrel girl he like follows her on twitter or something and he calls her like the the girl of squirrels and shit and like that's awesome yeah and then and then it was like this sort of like um this sort of unintended reaction where she told him to go hunt the hunters instead and then he started fighting some of mole men's people and then so mole man came out to, to face squirrel girl because craven was beating up all his minions and so um he tried he tries to fight squirrel girl but squirrel girl tries to talk to mole man and then mole man ends up falling in love with squirrel girl and tries to propose to her and it's this whole other problem going on so I don't know. I'm way off topic at this point, but I, <laughs> okay. I just, no, I just love seeing like weird, like alternate versions of like villains where they're not really, where they're like more people. Like Squirrel Girl went on a date with a fucking Sentinel, and then we got, yes. to, we got to see him have like an a, like an emotional like breakdown when when she like dumped him, and then <sighs> like what else happened? Like she briefly tried to talk to dr doom and it seemed like it was going to work for a little while but then doom is like dr doom you know he's like fuck he he used it to his advantage and i don't know i just so more of the story read squirrel girl that's <laughs> yeah yeah read squirrel girl read infamous um iron man and read um action comics that's that's where the tangent went don't read justice league please don't <laughs> i guess for me uh, i i'm sure this happened like in the 75 years of Batman, but I would really love to see Harvey Dent, you know, reformed and become a vigilante alongside Batman. Yeah. That might happen in All-Star Batman because he's taken Two-Face with him. So who knows? Yeah. Um, I'll, Riddler reformed for a while and that was my favorite thing because Riddler is really cool. I like to see him as a detective. I'm trying to think of somebody who's never been a hero, like never had a heroic turn. And who would be like a really interesting hero? Rachel Ghoul? <laughs> actually, is he a lot? I think he's still dead. I think he's actually dead now. He might. I, he might I be never dead. know of Rachel Ghoul. You know what? I really. I don't know. I don't know how other people feel about this, but Talia Al Ghul has always been written as ambiguous, sort of like a Catwoman like character, which is on the gray uh, fringes of light and dark, especially after Grant Morrison's run. She's more consistently portrayed as a villainous character, and according to Morrison, like this incarnation of Talia Ghoul was largely written as a commentary on families uh, broken apart by divorce. Uh, so that's that's why oh, and a lot in Scott Snyder's run, you know, like Talia and Talia and Bruce fought over Damien, and how Talia went on this really weird 
crazy crusade of trying to break down Batman and his entire Bat family and cloning Damien and creating the heretic and so on and so forth. I don't know. Maybe it's just, just me trying to reship Batman and Talia, but I would like to see Talia like not be evil and doing dickish stuff. Because she's done a lot of crappy stuff in the last couple of years, like killed Damien and made Batman's life a living hell. Yeah. At this point, comic books are basically pro-wrestling where heroes, like, the good guys are turning to the bad guys, and the bad guys are turning to the good guys, and, like, sometimes you're cheering one guy, and then you're booing the other, but then they switch, and then you're like, okay, now i got to boo this guy, and it's like, Captain America's like Hydra now, but then Lex Luthor's Superman, it's like, <laughs> shit's all over the place. <laughs> Doctor Doom's Iron Man, and I don't know what's going on anymore. Next thing you know, uh, Darkseid reveals he's a he's been a good guy all the whole time, yeah. and was so, part of some elaborate plot to... To bring out the e- the real evil, which is Doctor Manhattan over here. I don't. Yeah. know. Doctor Manhattan's a bad guy now, or he was never a good guy. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Oh, comics. Yeah. Which also reminds me, that there still hasn't been like a really legit wrestling comic for you yet, because I know. I mean, I know you were trying to follow that image comic before, but then you kind of dropped off. Ringside was supposed to be really good, but it. it I think the problem was is that I was looking more for a lucha underground like kind of comic where they pretend in the comic that wrestling is real rather than taking a the wrestler look at wrestling where these are like broken people with like real real terrible problems and like issues and they also wrestle as like a profession but like i what i want is like a really cartoony like ultimate muscle like early 80s wrestling kind of wwf shit where it's like doink the clown and the undertaker and they're like fight i just wanted something crazy you know i just but stan i think you're the only one who's worthy the mantle to create the wrestling comic that we all deserve one day Um, one day (laughs) cool all right so let's bring it home with our special topic our our you know the topic that social media and all the nerd estates cannot stop writing about pokemon go pokemon go pokemon pokemon please go pokemon please go but it's actually pokemon stop because the servers pokemon so bad begin pokemon (laughs) pokemon load Dawn of Pokemon. Pokemon Dawn. load. <laughs> Pokemon load. Pokemon buffering. So, as you can tell, we love this game, but get, my god, the server issues are super bad. I love this game when it works. That's that's the problem. The problem is that it, that it's very hit or miss when it's going to work. I've never enjoyed a broken game as much as this. Uh, meanwhile, Street Fighter 5 is uh collecting dust, so. Oh my god. I don't get me started on Street Fighter Five. I tried to play the story mode that came out as free DLC. It's like garbage. It's, it's like garbage. Super, it's like I'd rather watch a Street Fighter live action movie. It's, yeah, it's better. You know, yeah. like there's like, no loading screens. <laughs> and Jean Claude Van Damme. Yeah, and exactly. Raul Julia. Yeah, exactly. Good stuff. Don't get me started on that game, man. We're talking about Pokemon Go, all right? I, I can go on a long tangent about that storyline, man. Hottest mess. Hottest mess, but. I definitely agree. When it works, it really works. It it hooks you. It po- Nintendo and T- Niantic, they've done what Nickelodeon and our parents and God knows whoever else tried to do but failed at. They got they got kids and adults 
you know, going outside and playing. You know, it's still on their phones, but they're still outside and are getting exercise. Although, at at the risk of reckless endangerment and stupidity and, you know, going to neighborhoods where they shouldn't be or but setting that's themselves like, up. That's common sense, man. Like, yeah. you got you to gotta be a little sensible. It says that every time you load up the game to, like, be yeah, aware Gar- of your surroundings. Listen to, listen to Gerardo Senpai. He's yelling at you. He's roaring at you. Please listen. But I love this game. It's yeah. so much fun. I mean, I mean, I I acknowledge the fact that it's not perfect, and a lot of it could stand some improvements. But what is there? I'm really glad exists. And I, I I know some people complain that it's almost nothing like the handheld games, but I I don't think it needs to be. No. And I I think that making a one to one like port of a Pokemon game to the to the like App Store would just be boring. And I like that they're trying something new. And there's just something really magical about overlaying a Pokemon game on real world maps in your like real neighborhood and where you work and shit and being able to cross streets that are familiar to you and find these find out that like your local bodega is a Pokestop or something like that, you know? Or that the White House here in DC is a gym and it's I'm not sure if it's it's the case now, but a couple days ago uh, the leader of the gym was a Pidgeot named Murka. Yeah, that's it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah, I I think it's, I, it, this was a match. This this was this makes so much sense. It's so scary that I I'm I'm surprised that Nintendo didn't do, didn't do this sooner. But I guess the technology wasn't the, there quite yet. Mantic. They, they're the same guys who did Ingress, which is very similar to Pokemon Go, where it's also augmented reality based on GPS and Google Maps, and you basically fight. There's like this underground secret society of or, or cyber war that's going on, and you're you divide into teams, and you go to landmarks, and you fight and battle for control over these zones. Um, but I don't know how long Ingress has been along for a while, but I assume there's a lot of similar en- elements in the engine that powers both. Yeah, it's just it's just so magical. It, it, this is uh, this is like the closest so far today. This is the closest we ever gotten to be like real Pokemon trainers, and I find it so. I would love to see a distribution of the age the age range and types and demographics that people are playing, because I feel like. I feel like more than half of the players are our age. You know, who, people who just who are died in the cloth of Pokemon fandom, and you know, have been waiting for this day. The promised day has arrived, and it's so much fun. Yeah, I just I love being able to load up the game and seeing you know the map of where I am in the real world, and being able to walk down the street and then have a Pokemon show up on the map, clicking into the Pokemon, and then being taken to the camera where the Pokemon's superimposed over what I'm looking through in the camera. And I think that's just so awesome. And, like, waking up in the morning, turning on the app, and then seeing, like, a Bulbasaur in bed next to you. (laughs) And it's just, like, (laughs) it's just so awesome. And it just, it makes me feel, like, this sense of magic and and discovery with Pokemon that I haven't felt since the original games, where you just started out and you didn't know what was out there. And, but you were excited to find out. And this is kind of the same, this is kind of in the same vein as that, where you aren't sure who's going to pop up when. And just the fact that you can go for a real walk and find a Pokemon you've never seen yet 
is just awesome and and they implement things from the games that are really smart like hatching eggs by walking which is what you do in the games and having it be tied to how far you've gone in real world before those eggs hatch and just little touches like that really ties it into a real world version of Pokemon that works somehow, you know? I also like, I mean, they haven't fully perfected like the social aspect of the game. Cause, uh, I'm waiting. I am. So, I, I will f- flip out as soon as Pokemon go establishes a way to trade Pokemon with other people. They haven't done that yet, but I think it'd be really stupid if they, they won't implement that in like a future patch. But even even if that is not around, I think it's the Pokemon is still a very social game. You can you know you can you can take a photo of where your Pokemon shows up in the real world. So it might be sitting on your toilet, or it might be in your kitchen, and you can share it with your friends. And you know you can you can put lure modules on Pokestops, and then and then when when you're when you're there in person, you just look around, you just stop and look around and see how many people are like fiddling with the phones and you know you know they're playing yeah, pokemon yeah. go so you, you can have strangers also fighting fighting and competing uh for gym control so that way you could you could probably make new friends just off of random people playing pokemon go in public um i i love that i love that and it's it's so funny like at my job we're all so obsessed with pokemon go and it's really funny. We take we take work breaks where everyone in the office just stops what they're doing. We walk around the, the block for like five to ten minutes, and we just we go and just play Pokemon Go for a little bit just to enjoy the weather and just to break up the day. It's so fun, and like that's something that uh, that me and my coworkers and my boss we all really enjoy. We're geeking out and we're like we're like trash talking each other. Like, oh shit, I just caught a ghastly. Oh, and like you did it. And it's so much fun. Oh, this yeah. game. This game it it, it had, like like you said, it, it hits me in the feels. It has that same childlike wonder and excitement and just just on the on the train home, you know, I I flipped out because a Clefairy just showed up on the train. It's like, oh shit! And I had to I had to catch it before I went I went into a tunnel and the G- GPS signal was lost. So it's the struggle is real. Struggle is great. I love it. Yeah, there's just there's like so it's it's so simple in the way that it's set up, but it works so well because it just really taps into the nostalgia inherent with the first 150 Pokemon. And this is the first time I ever really felt like compelled to complete a Pokedex, you know, for some reason this feels more real because it's actually like imposed on the real, the real map, you know? So I, I want to complete the Pokedex. I want to find all the Pokemon. I want to evolve all the Pokemon I have. And even though it doesn't work exactly the way it does in the games, it's still fun just to, it makes catching doubles and seeing a hundred Zubats fun still because it's like I can capture this one and transfer it to the professor so I can power up the one that I already have, you know? And Exactly. So your efforts aren't wasted. Yeah. Like, it's a very economic and efficient means because, like, again, my office is played by thousands of Zubats. And because of that, my goal bats my most powerful Pokemon or one of my most powerful. And that's, so it doesn't, so you, you still gain XP from catching Pokemon. You still have candies. We could level up your, your OG Golbat or Zubat or Fero or Pidgey or what have you. Honestly, I see, I can totally see them implementing more stuff from the games down the line, like trading one-on-one battles, maybe making the battle system a little bit more in depth where it's more 
you know, strategic and less tapping really fast and like dodging left and right. Um, I would like to see more moves than just two moves because right now all the Pokemon just have a two move slots, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's really just a lot of dodging and and tapping on the other Pokemon to attack them. And when you capture a Pokemon, it's not like the the games where you send out a Pokemon. You, it's basically just you. It's more like Safari Zone where you would like throw shit at the Pokemon and try to capture them without having a Pokemon with you. Pokemon will just show up on the map, you tap on it, it brings you to the AR camera, and then you flick the Pokeball at them at the right moment to sort of capture them. And they have little items that you can use that'll, that might make it easier, like raspberries that'll basically make the Pokemon more docile so they're easier to capture. And and they have other things like um, incense, which which attracts Pokemon to your position. There's potions and revive for battle you have the lure modules you have egg incubators you have eggs to hatch so there's there's a lot to do and it's it's one of those games where you could just open it up for a few minutes and get a lot done and just like while while you're walking to the store you can get like a lot of playtime in and i like that it encourages you to go outside and actually walk around because it it's inspiring me to do things that i wouldn't normally do and to go places where i wouldn't normally go within reason you know i'm not gonna like go to some really shady part of town just to capture a pokemon or anything but i will walk an extra block out of my way if there's like a pokestop there or something along those lines and i feel like it's making me walk more because i've already hatched all these eggs that are like five kilometers ten kilometers etc and i'm getting and and that's just with the app working which it, it does probably 50 percent of the time you know and that's like the the major problem with the, with the game but it's only been it's been out less than a week you know so i it's I, been out for like four days yeah and um I'm, I'm, which is insane yeah i'm giving them the benefit of the doubt i don't think they anticipated how huge this game was gonna blow up as soon as it came out but like everyone i know has downloaded this game and they're playing it actively and i think sooner or later they're gonna sort out the issues with the the servers and whatnot and the things that are the most frustrating to me is when the game won't load properly, when it like hangs on the loading screen where the servers are down, and it, ha- it always happens to have the perfect moments where it crashes when I'm one second away from capturing a Pokemon or about to conquer a gym. That's when the game decides it wants to freeze the most. Which- yeah, for me, I've had so many of those moments. Um, there was one time where it was, it was, oh, it was the day it came out. And I actually got it earlier than the actual North American release. Uh, I, my coworker, she found a way to it's it, it doesn't jailbreak your phone, but it basically is, it's like a region unlock for Pokemon Go. So I had I was playing around Pokemon Go a couple hours before it actually went live for North America. So I was walking home. I ran into another Squirtle. And then I was like, oh shit, another Squirtle. I can level it up. And then it froze that way. I was so pissed off about that. And everyone knows by now, my favorite Pokemon, one of my all-time favorite Pokemon is Gengar. And my coworker Sam, he dropped a like a lure, so he caught like three, two or three Gastlys in a span of ten minutes. And I could not log on, or my my system kept crashing for an hour straight. So right now, Gastly's my holy grail. I know Gastly is somewhat common. But I, right now it's my unicorn of Pokemon. I cannot get, I I cannot catch him. It's, ho- it's so frustrating. And like every time I, every time Ghastly shows up 
or it's within it's within like I don't know like a hundred meters around my area. My my game just crashes and it's so frustrating. But I mean, again, it's only it's only been out for four days. It's clearly a, a blockbuster success. It's really surprising. On July eighth, the game had only been out for two days, and this game is not even on any of the Nintendo platforms. But its performance was so impactful. Nintendo stock went up ten percent. That is ridiculous. After like two days after it was released, so good job Nintendo. And I th- I really love that it's encouraging outdoor activity. You know, America is a very very sedentary nation, so I'm I'm glad kids and adults are getting out and playing and discovering and you know maybe they're they're learning something new. Like with the Pokestop, it's usually a landmark, so they're learning more about their hometown. Um, I also find it really funny that so many people on social media are complaining or just commenting how sore their feet are after walking so much playing Pokemon Go. It just makes me think like how fit OP as fuck like Ash and his friends are because they've walked around everywhere. Even in the games, you know, it took you a while to until you learned fly or had like a fast travel option. So um, we're, we're just we're in training mode, and then once science genetically modifies animals to actually to, to become real pokemon we'll be ready for it it's gonna be amazing yeah one of my low-key favorite parts of this app is the ability to take pictures of them so it feels kind of like you're getting a light version of pokemon snap also and like just being able to walk around and take pictures of the pokemon before you capture them is like a really nice touch that i think adds a lot to the game because i have a whole camera roll of just pictures of the Pokemon that I'm that I'm encountering, and yeah, you were on vacation, and like you're yeah. at a casino, and then you you, you snap pictures of like a, a Pidgey, yeah, or something like that. Pidgey on the That's... casino floor and shit, and it it really enriched the vacation for me and Kiersey because we were running around trying to find the Pokemon like on the beach and whatnot. And came I came across that Dratini on the beach, which is like one of the poke one of my favorite Pokemon. That's really that's a rare drop too. Yeah. He was just he was just chilling on the beach, and I was like, "Yeah, I gotta, I gotta pick you up." So I did, and he's really low level, but you know what? It's a Dratini, man. I don't care. Yeah, don't don't complain. <laughs> you, I mean, you'll, you'll catch more than you level it up. I'm really excited because some of you might know already out there. Um, I work for a company where I, I get to go to conventions for a living, and my boss Jesse he laid down the hammer. He was like, "Guys." This is law. Every time we go to a convention, we're going to spend some time just walking around the city, catching Pokemon. I'm like, I'm down. So at the beginning of August, I'm going to Indianapolis for Gen Con. So you know, I don't know, before or after the con, we're just spending an hour just walking around the city catching Pokemon. It's going to be legit. So Stan, what Pokemon do you have right now? My strongest Pokemon right now is a Pinsir. I, I named Killface. Nice, he's, nice. He's got, oh, he's got upwards of 600 uh, power right now. Awesome. Um, just under that is Murderbird, who's uh, Dodrio, who's like 450, his power. Um, I got a Grimer. I got a Tangela I named Cousin It. I got um, a Growler that I captured I called Lieutenant Growl. I have a Bulbasaur who's pretty high. I named him Senorsaur. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I got, I got some really cool ones, but they're kind of low level because they are rare. That's one of the... That's one of the kind of annoying things is that it's really cool to find a rare pokemon pokemon but you find that you use kind of generic pokemon more because they're so abundant and they become the strongest pokemon on your team because you can level them up so much i wonder if there's an easier way to acquire k 
candies because like, I mean I I have a starter Squirtle, but I can't. He's one of my weakest Pokemon because yeah. I I don't encounter Squirtles very much. Yeah, my it's... my Charmander I started with. He's only fifty two, and he's like like just sitting at the bottom of the list. Like, hey man, like what the fuck? What I mean, you... how are you supposed to get a Charizard, man? Like, yeah, I know. Just, I have I have an Almanite, which is like super rare, and there's only I only ever found one of him, and he's like fifteen. You know, he's got he's like garbage i can't use him at all <laughs> like he's cool to look at but that's it and abra who's like 50 so i have, I have these like rare pokemon that i just can't show off or use because they're so low they're so low you know i mean i guess i mean you can train them at gyms but you're you have to win a battle to yeah i don't know level if- them up and if your pokemon is you no know, let's say i i love abra abra's my other favorite besides gengar and I want my Alakazam, but I can't. I can't defeat a gym Pokemon that's a hundred or two hundred, three hundred when mine is only like fifty four. That's that's BS. Yeah, exactly. And so there needs to be in a future update a way to level up that isn't tied to candies. Even if it takes a lot of grinding, at least give us the option to do an alternative way of leveling and. Please do not make it something you need to pay for. Like, please do not tie that into money because what the fuck? Yeah. You know? That, it, I think what, if they implement the trade function, that's where you'll be able to really boost up what your lower level guys can do because then you can trade for duplicates and transfer those and get those candies. Or maybe you can even trade for candies, you know? Like, if mm-hmm. they if they let you just do that and like, oh, I have like... No lie, I've got sixty something do duo candies because there's just so many of them everywhere, and I, I they're just like doing nothing because my Dodrio is almost maxed, and I have no interest in capturing any more do duos. You know, I have eighty four Zubat candies. Yeah, no so more Zubats, like, <laughs> please. Yeah. And it, it gets to the point where it's like, okay, like I don't even want to capture these guys for the candies anymore because I have too many of them. Like I don't need any more. Do, do duo candies because I have too many, you know. I mean, you can you can always just grind for the XP. I mean, you all you get some cool item drops when you level up. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I'm looking through mine. Like it's pretty much the same boat. You know, my strongest is also a, pier, a, a pincer, uh, five hundred three. Then I have a Golbat, Tangela, Firo, Mankey, and a Pidgeotto. Let's see some other ones like Goldeen, Staryu. Uh, Nidoran, Poliwag, Ponyta, Bulbasaur, Clefairy, a Jigglypuff, a Growlithe, Krabby, and then I get my Abra. Um, I'm still looking for that stupid Ghastly. Please, please, like, like Pokemon Gods above, let me get a Ghastly because I'll, I'll have my Gengar as soon as. I get. But yeah, so right now it's just most. It's just basic Pokemon. That are just over in abundance. I use most because that's how I level them up the most, and yeah, I, it's kind of frustrating. But I'm still, it's still fun. But like, I, w- I want, I want my Alakazam. I want, yeah, I want some really I, cool. I, I'm Pokemon. sure, like later on, they might fix the balancing stuff and maybe make the rarer Pokemon ha- need require less candy and Stardust power to like power up or whatever, so you can use them or I don't know something along those lines, but. As it is right now in this present moment, I would say Pokemon Go is really good, but needs some improvements, most of which are related to server crashes. Yeah. What team are you on? I'm Team Val- Team Valor. Va- oh my god, Valor. So Team Red. Are you still teamless? 
No, I joined Team Valor this morning. So. Oh, hell yeah! <laughs> Fist pad. Awesome. I well was, played. I was on the fence between Valor and Mystic, but I ended up seeing how many people on the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Super Nerd Pals, were on Team Valor, so I decided to join my Nerd Pals. Yeah, Team Valor in general, I, I feel like it's... It's like the it's, East it's, it's Coast swarm. is pretty much Team Valor, as far as I can tell. <laughs> Yeah, that would be really interesting. Do you think Pokemon or Nintendo has a map like of indicating the team de- distributions across the country or across the world? I would love to see that. If they don't, they should do it soon. I know Andy's Team Instinct. He's like got to be the odd man out over here. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Yo, we got gang up on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this is this house? Like a, a Pokestop, or there's like is there some Pokestop where you can or troll him, or some gym nearby? We can we can just fall in his face god i i don't know but i'm about to find out because but pokemon go you think it's game of the year material um you know what let's see where it is in december okay because for lo- this has only been four days out so i don't know if you can make a, an accurate decision yet on on its availability but i think or its viability rather but i think it's it's good and i think it can only get better from here so i'm excited to see where they go and i I, I could I could definitely see foresee them like a year from now adding Gen two Pokemon so on and so forth you know my heart be still my beating heart I want my Scizor and I want Totodile I want I want everything I want I want like a Raichu I want a Gengar I want a Dragonite and I and I'm not sure how they're gonna work out the legendary distributions either like I'm I'm interested to see how they figure that out too. I, I I know it's definitely not the case, but I just love those memes where it's like so, like you see them all all the time where person A breaks the area fifty one and they're 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 asking where the hell is Mewtwo? They'll, yeah, that'd, that'd be really interesting. They'll probably make it like events where like oh this we can only go to like these specific spots in these cities and you can like catch one or whatever. That's probably what they're gonna do. I think it would be really interesting. You know how like uh, GameStop does like the free mystery gifts or like the free Pokemon giveaways. You know they, that's something they they could totally do. Just to come here and capture, um, like like a shiny Mew or or a shiny Gyarados or something. You know. Yeah. What I'm also really excited about, even though I I missed the boat on this, um, the Pokemon Go Plus, the the armbands or like the the the, the wrist strap with the Pokemon module, which automatically buzzes and lets you know when Pokemon are near so you can catch Pokemon and level up without ab- having to pull up your phone. GameStop is officially out of pre-orders. So is Amazon. So by now, like the like the only, the best way to hop on board is to set up email notifications as soon as it's released. And I know Pokemon Go Plus, like the slated release date is the end of this month to so July 31st. I know Andy. Andy, if Andy didn't pre-order this, I would I, I would be shocked. But I I missed the boat on this. Did you pre-order the? Nah, I, I never saw a reason to. But now that I have the the app and I'm playing it, I kind of want it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I'd put it. Like I don't want to like walk around with it in public. You know, <laughs> maybe nerd. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll like put it around my ankle. Like like I'm. You know, <laughs> Yo, wait, as like a like a house arrest yeah. probation band, like trapped, like trapped to my imprisoned in my Pokemon app. Um, I would like to get one before. Well, I mean, all all year's con season, but especially for cons like Otakon or some other big anime con, 
And I want I want to do like a post apoc Ash cosplay. Like like just just use my my Fallout 4 Pit Boy and paint it red and then wear a bandolier Pokeballs and have like Ash's costume but all Mad Maxified and then just play Pokemon Go with people. That's what I want to do. Um so I mean I missed the boat. Uh I I assume at least before like I if not in the fall, in the winter time, so like holiday season, they'll have more Pokemon Go Plus modules. But I, I don't know how long they'll do a turnaround to get more in stock. But but definitely interested in that. Oh no! Like so, Pokemon's Pokemon Go is great. Just some parting words. Please use common sense. Please be safe. There's been so many stories where, like, when Australia, uh, Australia, and New Zealand, they first got. They were the first to get the release for Pokemon Go, and Australian police had to issue warnings for people to not storm their police stations because it happened to be a gym or a Pokemon stop. So use common sense. You know, don't break into, don't solicit police or emergency services. Be smart. I mean, there. I don't know if they were confirmed or not, but there's a story about a person, a 17-year-old kid in Chicago who was stabbed and mugged while playing Go. Um, in Massachusetts, there was a major traffic accident cause because this guy stopped in the middle of the highway to catch a Pikachu. And he straight up quoted, he was quoted saying, shit, if you want to catch them all, you got to risk it all. So I put my car in park and started tossing those balls. I'm like, please, no. So don't, don't. Only toss your balls when it's safe to do so. Yeah, like texting is so much of a problem while driving already. Please don't use Pokemon Go while driving. Again, we stress. Please, like, be aware of your surroundings. Um, it's St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, police have in custody four suspects who are using Pokemon Go in a string of armed robbery incidents. I think nine people got mugged. So what they were doing, they were using lure beacons. Uh, to attract people to poke stops, so like near like empty parking garages, or in like some alleys or some, I guess not as populated or well lit uh, streets. So and they got mugged. So please, you know, I, I if you live in a safe neighborhood and you and you want to go out at night and play Pokemon Go, that's cool. I mean, but you know, maybe take a flashlight, have a buddy with you. I just be super careful about your surroundings and just be aware, you know? Yeah. Because Pokemon Go is fun, but, you know, you want to be safe too. Yep. So that's our PSA. And <laughs> I think that's our, that's the end of the episode, unless you have anything else to add. No, nope, that's it, man. Pokemon Go, man. It's good when it works. It's good. And uh, when Andy comes back... Uh, we're gonna bother him about what Pokemon he's got. I'm sure. I'm sure. He, if, if if anyone has all, all the legendaries or all the rares, it's gonna be Andy. Yeah. Um, but missing yet, missing Andy. All right. So that was episode seventy two, Super Nerd Pals. Um, we had a lot of fun recording, and uh, we hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, please don't forget to like, rate, share, and subscribe. Uh, tell your friends. Uh. It really helps us out. Um, the best way to help the podcast grow is to, you know, listen to us, share with us, and, you know, just spread the word because we do this all for you and we, we, we love you all. You can find us on supernerdpals.com 
and it has links and widgets to all of our social media platforms. So you can find us on Facebook. Stan? Facebook.com slash group slash SuperNerdPals. That's right. So our group is growing even larger. I I wanted to say about two months ago, we hit 300. I, I believe we're like 320 members. We are on the or- precipice. Sorry, the precipice of 350 at this point, I think. Oh, damn. We are so, a few few members away from 350. We made a resolution. If we broke 400, we were supposed to do something. Take a nap. I remember. I don't know. We would, but take, we would take a nap. No, we take a nap. We have 354 members. That's awesome. Thank you. Thanks. So, thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. So, keep inviting your friends. If you think they would love all the nerdy shit we talk about, if, you know, Pokemon Go. If, they, if you have friends who love Pokemon Go and want to talk about it, you know... People, uh, bring them all over to our community. Tell your friends. Uh, tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell everyone. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Super Nerd Pals. Uh, you can find Stan on Twitter at Stan Doom. 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 And you can find Andy on Twitter at Sweet Justice One. That's Sweet Justice O N E. And you can find me on Twitter at Kyo Ninja for Hire. That's K Y O Ninja for Hire. Uh, we also released our latest episode of Anime is Weird a week and a half ago. So we talked about Totoko. So that's also available on our feed. And so you can follow us. And uh, if you if you're listening to this and you're not subscribed to the podcast, I don't I don't know what to do with you, but it's okay. <laughs> Subscribe, and you'll have access to that RSS feed and Anime is Weird as well as the rest of our episodes. And you can also find Anime is Weird on Twitter at Anime is Weird. Uh, you can also find links to YouTube, Tumblr. Uh, uh, wow, Tum- wow, I'm oh, I'm tired. I need I need a nap. Uh, you just go to our website; it has everything. Or you know, uh, we also have post everything on our Facebook group, which is highly highly active. Um, so yeah, thanks again. You know, we had a lot of fun time. So stay safe out there, play Pokemon Go, and um, have a good night. Good night. Thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening. Peace. Peace.